family of five boys, my mother has an extra crown in heaven. There's not a doubt about it. So it is a shame that I have to qualify what I'm about to say, but it really means a lot to my heart. It means a lot to me that you know something. So often you see people come through the door. Now, I'm, I'm the pastor to the pastors and whole congregations. I thank God for all the churches we have in this state and over 70,000 members, 835 credential ministers just in this state. And sometimes, even when I want to give honor to those who honor is due, people are cynical because all the politics in the world. Do I hear a witness? And they think, well, he's just supposed to say it. Well, my father was a godly man. We, my, his side came out of, of the Corbin, London, Kentucky area. His mother and daddy both died when he was very young. His mother died first when he was just adolescent years and in the early teenage years. My father's, my grandfather died. My daddy hitchhiked up to Hamilton, Ohio to get some uncles to help him. And uh, while he could go finish uh, growing up, but he was a godly father, a good man. And my mother was a great lady, wonderful, beautiful lady. And, uh, and she chose to commit her life to raising five boys, and I'm glad she did. Could have done many other things. But I'll never forget something she always told me. If you've got something good to say it, say it. If it, makes, if it lifts up and affirms, say it. But if you don't have anything good to say, smile and be quiet. Don't be a flatterer. It's not worth going to hell because you just put a smile on somebody's face. I think the church has gotten to where we're affirming some things that don't need to be affirmed. Do I hear a witness in the house? I think we're trying to make people feel good and they don't need to feel good. They need the joy of the Lord. Do I hear a witness in the house? I think if there's ever been a day we stand up and recognize who Jesus is, it's today. But when I say to you that Ron and Leah Bynum are two of the finest people I've ever met in my life, I mean that. And that's not flattery. As a matter of fact, I kept, certain people drew my attention. I did pastor 13 years, but I was gone 22 years. And I was state youth director of Northern Ohio when we were, um, when we allowed division to enter our state. But thank God we've been united again. Amen. And I went to Central Parkway, went back home 22 years after I had been there. And uh, because I had a burden for it. It had seen many great years, but it was not in its greatest time. I always watched Brother Ron and Sister Leah. You two have always, I've admired the two of you because you're Christians. You're Christians. I think we need more Christians in pulpits. Do I hear a witness in the house? I think we need more people that are called of God in the house and haven't let their calling go. And I want to say how much I love and appreciate Micah and Elizabeth also and Larissa and Trent. And you're so... Hey, if you're thinking I'm politicking, God bless your heart, you're wrong. Amen? But can I tell you something? God's a sovereign God. Now, I want you to know I can't call people to ministry. I have two children in the ministry. I couldn't call them. No, no, I could just teach them to love Jesus. Jesus has to call them. Hey, we went to a 
I got to be careful. One of these days I'm going to have family in the church and then I'm going to get stoned after service. We went to a church in a certain city one time to be youth pastors. And when we got there, I was met by somebody that told me they introduced their daughter and she said, this is the next Sandy Patty. Amen. She has to help me with all my names as I go through this message. Amen. It's real embarrassing when I get to my family. But anyway, two more years, they'll put me in a home. Don't let them do it. I've been doing it this way for 50 or 64 years. Amen. Uh, but anyway, uh, this lady met me and she said, introduced her daughter. This is the next Sandy Patty. She has been prophesied over. She many times, there's a whole lot of prophesying going on. Do I hear a witness in the house? And then she said she can sing like an angel. Amen. And so, hey, I had a youth service that we were coming up with, so I went ahead and put her on the program. I didn't know who she was. And she started singing. And oh, my, it was a sound that only angels could drown out. Do you know what I mean? It was terrible. Let me tell you something. Hey, people can prophesy, but it's God that gives the gifts. It's God that gives the talents. It's God that put them together. I'm not into nepotism, but I'm into holiness. I'm into following God. And can I just be honest with you? He could be the overseer anywhere he wants to be. He really could. God called him here. I know for a fact. I better be careful. I'll be in trouble before I preach. His son and daughter-in-law could be pastoring anywhere in this state they want to be. Amen. And I've listened to that daughter sing, and I'm telling you right now, I believe her and her husband could be. But aren't you glad when we don't worry about what somebody says? We allow the Holy Spirit to place us where we're at for such a time as this. And can I tell you something else? You all have a reputation in this church. That's right. It's a good one. I commend you. I've come by here today, and I haven't, I haven't worked something out yet. Yeah, I've got little bits and pieces I grab from a little bit everywhere. But you see, there's a whole lot of bits and pieces in here that I pray the Holy Ghost grabs every day and puts them into the right piece that would minister what you need today. And so... I believe God has a word for us today because we've never lived in an age that is the age that God's word said, I would not be you have you be ignorant of the time of the end. I believe and I understand that we're living in the last days that come to us because people are lovers of themselves instead of lovers of God. I believe we're living in a time where children are disobedient to their parents. At a time where people are filled with arrogance, they're abuseful. I believe we're living in a time where they're heartless, ungrateful. I believe this is, un they, they slander, they fight, they lack self-control. But it's nothing new. We read it in 2 Timothy chapter 3. I believe we're right in the middle of the days of Matthew chapter 24, where it talks about that, that in the end times, there's going to be wars and rumors of wars. Wars. There's going to be pestilence. There's going to be earthquakes. I believe we're living in an age 
to where everything we thought we'd figured out has already proven wrong. How many of you were there when they put the common market, all the markets together in Europe together? Do you remember that? Everybody said that's the end time. Well, that thing's already come and gone. It's dissolved. You know why? The Antichrist is not going to set into step into something already established. He wants everything crushed. He wants everything ruined. He wants hey, the Antichrist's been around a while, but there's never been an age where America sees its allies meeting without them the way they did two weeks ago and some of them vowed that they're never going to call us back in under, under circumstances and I've never seen an age where I read uh, the largest church in the, in the world in 2007 I couldn't, we, I couldn't sleep two Sunday mornings ago I got up early and got a Google in around any Googles in the head around in the house amen Google can help you find anything you want and I got to Googling around, and I don't even know how I got on that page. The largest church head in the world was talking about there are no free agents of the church. You need the church to have faith in God. You need the church to intercede in your behalf. Well, let me tell you something. Jesus Christ, he is the cornerstone of the church. Can I tell you something? I may be the administrative bishop of Ohio, but I'm led by the chief operating officer of the church. It is the Holy Spirit of God that gives us the power and the strength to be what we should be. Hey, you know what that article said? It went on and said, you need the church to touch God. You can't have faith without the church. And I thought, oh my gosh, he doesn't get it. I believe in the church, but it says, let us not forsake the assembling of ourselves together so that he, the church hang, it holds up the hands that hang down. It is the church that stirs up the gift of God that's within you after you're saved. But it's the Holy Ghost that draws you to the Son because there is no one that gets to the Father except through the Son. Do I hear a witness in the house? The Holy Spirit brings you in and you bow on your knees and confess your sins to him and Jesus comes in. And then the Holy Spirit begins to walk with us because he is our, he comes alongside of us, amen? He leads us, he comforts us. Hey, one of these days I'm gonna be, preach on reproving and rebuking, amen? We leave that out all the time. He even reproves, he even rebukes, but he leads us into all truth, which is in the word of God. You know why? Because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life because Jesus set aside his robe of glory. He took off his, his crown. He took off his, all of his royalty and he took on the form of a man and he came and when he was a young man he had to figure out if he was going to be rebellious or if he was going to do the will of the Father. But he whacked strong. He and John the Baptist both did. Amen. They waxed strong and they grew up, made right choices as teenagers, made right choices as children and when he become of age he went to John the Baptist who baptized him in the water and he stepped out of adolescence. He stepped out of just being another human being and he fulfilled the will of the Father. 
I didn't plan on going here, but I'm going to let it ride. Amen? And you know what he did? He lived and he was tempted as all men. There is no temptation comes on you that he has not already had on him. But you know what else he did? He took death. He took hell. He, anybody ever failed in the room? Anybody ever messed up in the room? Let me see your hand. Hallelujah. Anybody even messed up since you've been saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost? Raise your hand. Amen. But Jesus already took it all to Calvary and he nailed it to the cross. And you know what else? On the third day, he rose again. He conquered death, hell, and the grave. But can I tell you a little bit more? When you can't meet the prayer team at church, when you can't get on the telephone to somebody that encourages you, Jesus is interceding in your behalf. He's the one that knows you're going. He's the one that knows you're coming. He's the one that knows what tomorrow holds. He's the one that already wrote it down in the tabloids of heaven. Now what are we waiting on? The church, there's a religious group that will be recognized. The Antichrist is ready to step in, in charge. You can't even go, amen, to, you can't go now in the stadiums, amen. Any Cincinnati Red fans in the house? There's a little bit of anointing in the house, amen. Any Bengals fans? Who day? That's right, nobody know who day is because they don't ever do it, do they? (laughs) But they going to. My wife says, you believe in them this year? I've been believing for a lot of years. Amen. But it ain't been released yet. You can't go to a stadium. If you bring cash, you put it in a machine, you get a credit card, you've got to use that credit card. During the pandemic, in the very beginning, you went to the drive through restaurant, they did not take cash. Had to have a credit card. You go to the banks, any people work at the bank today? Don't they, when you cash checks, put in what account you're cashing that check for? They're watching what checks you cash. Even it doesn't matter. If you try to go get a um, traveler's check, or you try to go to Walmart and just transfer here to there, they want your social security number because they want to know what money you've got and where you're sending it. Now, am I telling the truth? Because one day, the Antichrist is going to be in control of every penny, every dollar. And now, today, even, they're trying to make you take a vaccine. But can I tell you something? That's between you, your God, your doctor. I'm not taking a stand on that. But I'll stand for what I'm about to tell you. They're getting control of everything. Don't let your hearts be troubled because Jesus Christ, he came and did the will of the Father and he's gone to prepare a place for you so that when he's done interceding for you, you're going to come again and be with him forever. Hallelujah. Well, I'm feeling good. Did you say we get out at 2? Praise God. 
I didn't preach last week and I'm not preaching next week, so I got to get three in today. Do I hear a witness in the house? Now you know some of you were praying that weren't praying in the beginning, amen? I'm going to get to the point. Let not your heart be troubled. Look at somebody and say, don't let your heart be troubled. Now you know where our hearts get troubled? Worked all this time and I'm not going to be able to spend my pension. I used to tell them when I pastored where I hung the church keys. I said, some of y'all may need this after the rapture, but let not your heart be troubled. I know where I'm going. Do I hear a witness in the house? <laughs> let me get on or I'll never finish. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2. I didn't come by to give you another sermon, but I've come by to stir up God in you. Stir up the remembrance where things we need to remember and not to be fearful of the things we don't understand around us. I... The whole Bible is written a whole big book of prophecy. I thought I had America figured out because many prophecy teachers teach that you don't see America really, and some will say you see America and they try to point where it is, but most will tell you they don't see America written in prophecy. So I'm not going to sit and try to figure out where America's supposed to be. I'm going to figure out where Ron Martin needs to be. I'm going to help the church know where it needs to be. Afghanistan, it's all messed up. Do you see who Afghanistan's? The Taliban, thank you. Taliban, who they who they seeking to team up with? China. Does that shake me up? Read your Bible. China and Russia are going to come together. They're going to march right down on Israel. Amen? Oh, don't be afraid of what happened to Israel. You keep praying for Israel. You want blessings? Keep praying for Israel. I don't, I feel the Holy Ghost. I don't know when everything's going to happen, but I know who is in control of what's going to happen. Amen? I know in whom I believe. I'm persuaded he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him. Ephesians is written to the believers. Struggling with some stuff through some hard transitions. I believe we're in the middle of some hard transitions. Because we've got everything we've read and know. And it's right here at us. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. For you are saved, everybody say, by. by. Say it again, by. by. One more time. By, by grace. Through, everybody say through. through. Say through again. Through. through faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Yeah. Right. Amen. 
You've got to have faith in him. Amen. And this is not from yourselves. It is God's gift. This one big hill coming down this street. Anybody ever come down this church? Oh, yeah, that way? My goodness. Part of me got some carnal visions of a... I ain't going to quote it. Amen. I bet that thing, you go across top of them hills too high. Amen. You, 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 you do not try this. If the police don't get you, the undertaker will. Amen. <laughs> oh, God's not going to force you on the road you need to be on. And your mom and dad's faith aren't going to get you on the right road. Many in maybe even in this room today you're at the intersection of many decisions of your life but you will choose which road you'll get on he'll give you the faith and the ability to choose it and then he'll give you the strength and the ability to take that road where it would go it's God's gift verse 9 not from works so that no one can boast for we are his creation, created in Christ Jesus. Everybody say, for. for. Say, for. for. Say it one more, for. for. We are his creation, for good works. That's the translation I've got, for good works which God prepared ahead of time so that we should walk in them. The God who saw you before you were formed in your mother's womb. Amen? The God who knit you together. Somebody may be here today and say, you missing this preacher. He couldn't have knit me together. No, no, no. I, my mom and daddy, I don't even know my father, and my mother was an alcoholic. You might be like two ministers I know. Well, one elder I know, one minister. They were born, one was born in the cotton fields of Missouri. And his mother left him in the top hayloft of the barn before he was even cleaned off. You might be like an elder in my church, James Johnson. I forget what it was, but... He was left his whole life to be raised by aunts and uncles tossed from house. How could God do that? Uh -uh. God gave him the breath. God gave him the ability to live. And then God gave him the faith to have in him to take him through every situation, through every struggle. Amen. Do you hear what I'm saying? Doesn't matter who your mama was. Doesn't matter who your daddy is. Doesn't matter. But God took what the enemy meant for your harm and he turned it around for your good. He allows you to sit in this room today. Oh, blessed be the Lamb of God. I want to hit three hard things. May add a fourth if the anointing really kicks in. Amen? Number one, you're saved by grace. Next to Jesus, I think grace is the greatest word because without Jesus, we don't even experience or know grace. Without God, without the Holy Spirit. You see, 
Grace is something that no one deserves. There's three ways that God could deal with you and me. One, God can deal with us according to justice. That is, he could give us exactly what we deserve. How many of you are like me? I go back and recount so much in my life, and my wife would tell you that may be one of the weaknesses in some areas. I need to leave some things behind me, press on to the mark that is ahead of me. But I tell you what it does. It reminds me that God didn't give me what I deserved. How many of you did he even rescue you when you made the wrong choice? He stepped up to the plate and protected you even right that minute. Secondly, God could deal with us according to mercy. That is, he doesn't give us what we deserve. He just has mercy. Then thirdly, You see, God's done something totally different and radically different than the first two. He has chose to deal with us by grace, whereby he gives us not just mercy, but he gives us what we don't deserve. I don't deserve to stand here today. I don't deserve... She's never heard this before, so somebody hold her ears. I don't deserve that pretty wife right there. That's right. That's right. Because when I was a knucklehead adolescent, if I got what I deserved, or maybe a couple of them gals I chased, do I hear a witness in the house? But God didn't give me what I deserved. He gave me his grace. Why? so that I can do the will of the Father and be what God has called me to be. You see, while I was yet a sinner, Christ Jesus died for me, Romans 5 and 8. You see, it's hard to believe. God has not provided a way for us to have a relationship with him because we deserve it. He did it in spite of the fact that we don't deserve it. Jesus Christ did not die on the cross for us because of our goodness. He did it because God is love. God is merciful. God is good. Hallelujah. Now I lay my head at rest knowing that God has given me the best. Can you give him a hand clap of praise in the house? Grace means that salvation is totally free because Jesus Christ did it all for us. You cannot win it as a prize. You cannot earn it as a wage. You cannot deserve it as a reward. You can only receive it as a gift from God. In fact, that is what is so weird about salvation. If you receive salvation as a gift, you have it. If you try to earn it by your goodness, you'll never get it. Oh, hear what I'm saying. If you try to control it with your money or your position, you'll miss it and it'll be easier for a camel to get through the eye of a needle.
needle than you to get into heaven. You know why? Because my God wants you to know where you got it. He wants you to know how you kept it. And he wants you to rejoice for the crown that you got in heaven because he gave it to you. Give him a praise in this house. Let me tell you about faith. Through faith, saved by grace. Through faith, this is not from yourself. You see, the fourth piece, fourth piece of the armor Paul discusses in Ephesians chapter 6 is the shield of faith. He tells us to take up the shield of faith in order to extinguish all the flaming arrows, all the give us the protection that we need as Christian the faith we have in Christ is based in reality I was a policeman for seven years I wanted to do two things as a child always wanted to be a policeman I wanted to be a policeman I've always honored and respected And can I tell you today, pray for your police, your fire, your ambulance, your first responders. Let me tell you something. You see, the the attack on the law enforcement is the same as the... It has followed an attack first on the fathers who are supposed to be godly men and voices of authority in the home, priests of the home. It follows the attack... You see, the enemy tries to break down the authority, the power, and the gift of the family. Then he comes against the church. He wants to come against ministers. He wants to come against elders. He wants to come against prayer teams. He wants to come against that which has been given the authority to tread on serpents. Amen. He wants to give a, come against the authority we've been given to be called sons and daughters of God. He wants to come against we who have been empowered to go into the highways and hedges and to compel them to come in. He wants to come against those that have been given the responsibility to go out and win the lost and bring them in and make disciples. And now he wants to get into the community and take away the authority of law enforcement. Amen. Those that protect and serve. Yes, there's been bad dads and moms, and there always will be. Yes, there's been bad apples and pulpits, and there always will be. Yes, there's been bad cops, and but there always will be. But I don't want to look at the small, small percentage of the bad. And I want to tell you something else. Every cop that's messed up is not a bad cop. You have split seconds to make decisions. Do you shoot? Don't shoot. They're, they're going to destroy one old timer that they put in as a school guard, a school officer. Blame him for all the children that were killed in a massacre. They're saying he hid behind a pole. You don't know was his training. I'm hearing, I want to tell you everything you see on the news isn't the truth. Pray for him. You see, I want to tell you a true story. Many years ago I heard 
there was a motorcycle cop in Los Angeles, California. And he, as he neared an intersection, he saw a red pickup truck go through the intersection and run the stop sign. He got behind him, turned on a siren, pulled over that red pickup truck, and as he put his motorcycle up on its legs to stable it, he walked up to the front what he didn't know. There was a bag of money and a 9-millimeter pistol laying next to that driver of that red pickup truck. He had just robbed a store down the street. Unaware, un, 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 unknown to him, that policeman walks up and he goes and says, Can I see your driver's license? The man turns and he comes through the window, levels that 9-millimeter, hits him dead in the center of his chest, knocks him off his feet, and startled and, and, and just the anxiety that hit you when that officer jumped up, back up. That man said, oh my God, who are you, Superman? And that officer jumps up, pulls his weapon, puts two shots through the door, hits that man in the leg, and, and, he, and the man, he said, throw your gun out. That man threw that gun out and said, I give, I give. What was it that saved him? It was a three-quarter inch Velcar bulletproof vest that saved his life. It allowed him to get back up, gauge himself in the battle, and win the victory. Two months later, two officers, Los Angeles, California, they walk up to serve a warrant at a house. As the one officer knocks on the door, two shells come through the door hits the one right in the chest, knocks him down, but he doesn't get back up. He leaves a wife, two children, and a bulletproof Velcor vest in the trunk of his car. What are you saying? We're saved by grace through faith. But don't forget to put your faith on before you go into your walk today. Faith is something we put on every day. Read all the way through your Bible. Every morning when we get up, we yield to the Spirit of God that through the Bible has a big S in your Bible. Or we put on the little S, which is our carnal flesh. Every day, every decision, the world will try to get you confident to leave your faith in the trunk. Oh, you deserve to be mad. I, I, I had uh, someone I loved very much, and I did a wedding when I was uh, in Cincinnati. He was married six weeks, come in and said, can I see you? And he sat down and he said, I think I've made a big mistake. Amen. I kn Amen. She must not have made them pancakes right. Or she didn't make them at all. I don't know which one it was. You can see my wife made some good ones. Amen. I said, what is it? said, I, I don't believe. I'm not, I'm not thinking she was the right one now. I said, oh, no, no, no. 
I said, no, no, no. He was weighing on, do I put on the big S or do I put on the little S? Marriage takes work. Relationship with Jesus Christ takes work. Amen. Being who God called you to be takes a lot of work. I remind him of the covenant, patted him on the back, and sent him on his way. Amen. No, I didn't. I, well, yeah, I did, but I put something in his hand. I took him to the Word. Can I tell you something? The Word is sharper to and than a two-edged sword. It will cut to the very uttermost. Amen. When I counsel with pastors, when I talk to family members, I have somebody I love very much in the middle of a big trial and tribulation. Amen. And I put the word. I, I said, I'm so sorry to hear it. None of the words that I have been taught in college, none of the words that even comforted me will work but the word of God it will build faith can I tell you what alarmed me more than anything at this pandemic it was it was not being isolated it was not the way money was handled it, yay and praise God he took care of the church like never before amen take God hey no I wasn't worried about all of that I'm going to tell you what I was worried about. I was concerned because we don't have teaching of children and youth in the church the way we used to have. Parents are busier than we've ever been before. As a matter of fact, don't nobody, this is one of them trick preacher questions, so hold your arms down. Amen? Hey, how many of you used to have prayer at a dinner table together before you ate your food? But how many don't even eat at the table together anymore? How many turn on the TV and get that KFC and chop away without prayer? Without fellowship, without relationship, we better take back our home first. And we better get the word of God back out. We better feed it to our children every day. We better apply it when we go and whether we come. Amen. <laughs> and I thought we're going into a pandemic. What have we hid in our children's hearts? so that they will not sin. I believe in praise and worship. And don't you have wonderful praise and worship here? Give them a hand. Amen. As a matter of fact, I am a music nut. Amen. Long live the Gaithers. Do I have a witness in the house? Amen. She likes that other kind of music. Amen. Amen. She watches the ball games with me and she'll listen to the Gaithers too. That's a good wife. Now, we both, you know, we, we want to feed each other. Some before you were ever born in this room, but some are, enough, are old enough to know they're, the hardest thing is to get teachers to teach. Can't even do it. And it's sure some other churches have tried to turn the pastor and his wife into the hirelings and make them do everything, and they wonder why they're having breakdowns and leaving the ministry at record numbers. It's not the way it was made to be. He said that we're to stir up the gift of God. We're to get the body of Christ off of milk and onto meat and let them allow their gift to be used in the body. I'm concerned... And I was actually, I had the biggest fear I've had during the pandemic, even though 
It has grieved me when loved ones and ministers have been, had the, 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 uh, the, the, the virus and stuff. My greatest fear was what do our children have? What have we taught them? Did we taught them to believe? My children can tell you stories. I was never in a church under 500 members in my life, even when I went into the ministry, until God took me out in a country place where I was surrounded by cattle. Had 18 in my first sermon. When I gave the altar call, the, almost every one of them got up and hit, and I thought, man, praise God, I had the right word. No, the men's room was here and the ladies' room was there. Amen. How many been in a church like that? Mm -hmm. I know what it is to pastor a church of 18 and 800. But if the Word of God's not alive in the church, there's not going to be no faith that will rise up within them. That's why I tell everybody, when everything's going wrong, find the place to sit that's right. Yeah. I'll just steal away. You remember that song? I'll just steal away. I'll just steal away somewhere and pray. When the world is upside down, and I don't know which way to turn. I'll just steal away somewhere. I wish I could sing that all day long. And pray. Amen. And I could just sing it all day. There's a young... Now, i got to kill these illustrations and get on up here. I, I will keep you till two. No, I won't. I heard that spirit out there. You won't keep me, buddy. And when you steal away, turn the TV off, put your Bible next to you, and just plain be quiet. If you need to stay two minutes, stay two minutes, two hours, two hours, two days. I made it through 13 years of at Cincinnati Central Parkway. Great church, great people. Not because of the things I accomplished in the pulpit, but because of the voices I heard and the Word of God that rose up in the hours of sitting and being still and knowing that He is God. You see, we must have faith. And here's where I wanted to head today. He's created so many that will die and have nothing but regrets. I had just gotten married. Rochelle and I had been at Lee for one year. And I decided to work my ministry out on my own I felt a calling to go into ministry and uh, and let me go back and tell you the reason I was a cop seven years my motivational gift is mercy and God knew I needed to be a policeman before I could be a pastor my mother would tell you because mercy people take on battles they shouldn't take on they will set aside processes they shouldn't set aside, and they'll get the results that were not intended of God. Now I'll go over. Please taught me process, disciplines, to get the right results. I had just gotten married, 
We got married September the 24th. And by the end of October, I had just unloaded on Westwood Northern Boulevard a good friend's big packed U-Haul. Now back then, folks, I was so skinny, my mother would buy me UDF. Anybody know what UDF, United Dairy Farmers? God bless America and UDF. Amen. Hey, UDF, United Dairy Farmers, she would buy me milkshakes after I got home from college to get me to put on weight. I prayed, Lord, help me gain weight. Again, tell me there's not a God. Amen. I'm a miracle. I had just helped my friend unload a packed out U-Haul. I lived in an apartment building next to him. You ever see the apartments? You go up seven to eight steps. Then you go up two steps. You go in the door. There's two apartment doors. You go up eight more steps. Take a turn. Go up eight more steps. I never back then took any one step by itself. I would go one step, three step, four step, in the door. One step, three step, four step, in the door. And I went to make the turn and I fell down and I did not have the strength to call for my wife. You see, I decided not to go back to college. I was going to stay there. We had gotten married. A very prosperous businessman in a new endeavor had given me a manual and I had worked out in my mind I will work for him so that I can make good money I can have good pension I can raise my I started working out my life and I still was going to give God a piece I'm, t I'm not exaggerating my wife will tell you I'm a big cut up so she has to take a few minutes uh, to figure out what really, if I'm telling the truth or I'm cutting up. I got to the door and I'm laying flat on the floor. It took me about 15 minutes to get I knocked on the door. And she answered and she laughed at me. Woo! I said, no, I'm serious. I'm sick. Are you, are you dizzy? No, I ain't dizzy. Are you, do you feel like you got puke? No. I'm sick. I can't move. I got no energy. I went in and I laid on the bed. It was a Friday night, I think. And I went to the doctor on Monday. He said, You've got a serious blood infection. It's not mono, but there's something wrong with your blood counts. I need to put you in the hospital. Well, what newlyweds got in insurance to go to the hospital on? Amen? I don't have no money to go to the hospital. For two times a week, they took my blood. And they said, if it gets one point worse, you're to the hospital. It didn't get one point worse, and it didn't get one point better. All the way through November. I've got the manual. It's a good time at the start. I'll just study this manual. Didn't take me long because I didn't get well the way young men should get well. I'm hard-headed on some things. But it didn't take long because God does not play hide-and-seek with us for His will for our life. Right. We have selective hearing. Right. We have selected hearts. Do I hear a witness in the house? Yeah. I just don't buy this stuff. Anybody thinks God speaks to the pastor or to me more than he does you, 
that would mean he loves us more than you. That's not true. He does not love us. Now, there's some things he'll show us that, that help our gift to operate, but you've got things that he'll show you he won't show us. I went on, and by the end of, by the 1st of December, I had confessed, and me and her agreed, if God would heal my body, I'll go back to Cleveland, and I'll go to Lee, and Lee ain't for everybody. Everybody don't need to be going getting to college. Nowadays, a lot of folks getting it online. Some never get to college, and it doesn't make them better than you. I, God's got a will for everybody's life. And I, we said God would heal me. I Got, I even told the fellow, come get your manual. Oh, you are got to be kidding, man. You'll be perfect. You're going to be Get your manual. I wanted it out of the house. On New Year's Eve, it happened to be a Sunday night. I went that year, and they would have a big New Year's Eve service at the church. And I went, and I hadn't been to church once since then. He even told me as soon as I went to the doctor, now you've been married for, I got September... I've been married less than six weeks. First thing he said, do you have two bedrooms in your house? Get in another bedroom. Don't you dare be around her. That's what every newlywed wants to hear. Do I hear a witness? <laughs> I didn't have strength to worry about nothing else. I was so weak. And so I went up there, and I remember we said, the Bible says, if you ain't sick among you, let them call upon the elders of the church. I'd made a confession of what God had, where I was at and where he's wanting me to go. Can I tell you, I went, the elders prayed for me, and I went back from a blood test like I would every Monday morning, and you'll never guess it was perfectly normal. Do you know why? Amen. Give the Lord a praise. Although, Paul was writing to those that had been no part of gaining their salvation. Good works have a great deal to do with our salvation. No good works can produce salvation, but many good works are produced by salvation. No good works can be produced can produce salvation, but good works are produced by salvation. Philippians 2.13 says, For it is God who is working in you, enabling you both to desire and to work out His good purpose. Do everything without grumbling and arguing, so that you might be blameless, pure children of God who are faithful in a crooked and perverted generation. Among whom you shine like stars in the world. Hold firmly to your faith, to the message of life. The salt has lost its savor because we have lost our desires to be who God's called us to be. We don't like some of the areas and things. Everybody doesn't start out on the highest place with the highest position. I learned I had to go back to the church of 18. I had all the right methods. I had all the experience. But I was saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. 
But God had to take me back to a place where I could learn who I am and who God is and what God's will is for my life. God is always on time and he will lead us to be who we need to be. I'm going to cut this a little bit shorter, but let me tell you something. John chapter 15, he talks about he is the vine. We are the branches. You see, you can be saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, and a disciple of Billy Graham. Billy Graham's a great teacher. I just used him because he's gone. How many of you, Pete, you've seen people that got preacher religion? Some people die when their pastor dies. You weren't connected to the right place. Some people have hope. Hey, I got a grandma that was a praying warrior. My mother was a praying warrior. I had an Aunt Hazel that went to the window and faced the eastern skies every day and prayed for me, even bought me one of my first Bibles. And I want you to know something. I needed that prayer. We need prayer warriors. But can I tell you something? They prayed that I would be connected to the right connection. Amen. He is the vine. We are the branches. We Anything we ask in his name shall be done. If we abide in him and he abides in us, we shall ask what we want and it shall be done. He tells us that we need to be connected to him so that our joy will be full. I came by to tell you something. Pastor, we got preached like we've never preached before. <laughs> Members, no, 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 no. Brothers and sisters, we got to get serious and stop playing around with our salvation and make sure that our salvation produces the works that God wanted us to have produced. There are many people that will sit on pews and never experience the full joy, fullness of joy that God intended for the beginning. It was the second Tuesday in June. My wife had been in Tennessee. Helping her mom and dad move from a larger house to a little big house. They're in their mid-80s. Seven days before she got home, <laughs> she called me, and she, this is the healthiest lady you've ever seen. She eats all that nasty green stuff. You know what I'm talking about? Broccoli, salads. No. For the children, the green stuff is good. <laughs> she said, I can't move. Oh, something's wrong. She wasn't even on one prescription. Hasn't been. I said, do you need me? I won't say what I said at first, uh, unless you be from, never mind. Uh, <coughs> I said, you want me to come get you and get you home, closer to your doctors and the hospitals here? No, let me rest. Next day she got up, she was a little bit better, and then she got feeling good. She flew back in seven days later. I picked her up at the airport in Cincinnati. I, I will retire, and if the Lord wills, 
I'll retire somewhere by my, I have a son and a son-in-law and daughter that pastor in the Lebanon area, Cincinnati area, and I got son and daughter-in-law pastor in Tennessee. I, uh, I, t- I picked her up and she said, I'm feeling pretty good, you know. But then we went and got a little bit to eat and then uh, she started feeling real, real bad again. Long story short, uh, by the time I, we get her in the hospital, that I took her to, got one of the doctors in my congregation, we took her to a, a one of the Christ hospitals up in Westchester. And um, the doctor kept her or he, in there and then I find out her heart was racing so bad coming off the airplane that she had to keep stopping because she's got that good Apple Watch that does your heart beats as you walk. And, uh, but then we find out, again, I'm going to make it as short as I can, she'd lost more than half the blood in her body, had no clue where it went, there was no sign. We don't know anything. By, by, by the time we, it's before midnight, they've admitted her, and now um, they're concerned because of all the reasons they're afraid that she could even code and they want to get her to Christ Hospital downtown Cincinnati and um, I was, so we do the transfer and I watch the ambulance put the, my wife in the wa- ambulance and they're heading down to Cincinnati and of course I pastored 13 years in Cincinnati so Christ Hospital is no it's very I know it you've been there <laughs> I don't know if you've ever went into the hospital. There's a tile, and they write different messages on the tiles. But I can't go into some of the things. There were some state things going on the days before. Things were very hard in the ministry side. Now they've told my wife the last thing I, on top of her file is resuscitate. I don't know. You ever get there? Were you just tired? It's about two in the morning. I'm in the garage. I'm walking up. I'm not, security lets me in. And as I walk over, there's a tile that says, "If you're thinking of quitting, remember why you started." I want to tell you something, folks. If the enemy's on your case, and you get ever thinking of quitting, remember why you started. Because God loved you so much, he gave his son for you. Jesus loved you so much, he gave of his robe of glory, took on all the sins, the sorrows, the sickness, took over the death, he intercedes on our behalf. Don't you forget why we started. I didn't start so I could get the newest Chevrolet, Ford, or Chrysler. I didn't start this so I could have a big home here. But I started this because God took every sorrow, he took every sin, but listen to this. He did not give me what I deserved, but he gave me what I didn't deserve. He gave me sonship. He put me in the family. He's got a mansion prepared for me. When I get to heaven, he's going to give me a crown. But you know what I'm going to do with a crown? I didn't do it for a crown. I'm going to cast it at his feet. You know why? Because of all he's done for me. Can I tell you something? Today is the day you need to do what your salvation was given to you to produce. You need to turn in to an evangelist at the 7-Eleven. Amen? If you go back out here to 35 and go up one exit, there's a marathon station there and a McDonald's next to it. You ever been there? That McDonald's has better biscuits than anywhere in Ohio. They're fluffy. 
You need to go sit up there and wait for God to send somebody to you so you can tell them your story about how Jesus Christ lifted you out of the miry clay. Amen? Students, you need to be at that school. Your light will shine. The world is looking for a light to shine. You need to tell the story. You need to go into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in. You need to get your loved ones saved. How many of you have got loved ones saved and they won't even talk to you today? Let me see your hand. Come on. Okay. I thank God for the ones that are honest. The other ones, let me tell you something. No, really. Pray for them. They were God's before they were yours. He'll speak where you can't speak. He'll do what you can't do. Pray for them and go win somebody else's child. You hear what I'm saying? Time is running out. We've got to work and do the work of our salvation. We've got to do the work that God prepared us to do. Do you hear me? I don't want no regrets. I'm glad that God put me in time out with a blood disorder. So he, instead of robbing me of the reason Jesus died for me. The reason I was created. Do you hear me? God loves you. Do you hear me? Listen. Listen real quick. Can you hear all the hoofs? Listen. Listen, horse. The horses are getting ready. Jesus is going to be getting off the throne. He's going to be heading this way any day. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, we don't have much time. We've got to sound the alarm. We've got to pray for our loved ones. We can't get so tied up with work. We can't get so tied up with life that we forget to pray. Hey, do you know what I do? Do you know what I do? You know what I do with this pandemic? Hey, we're having a retreat for all the lead pastors here first of November. Do you know what I did? I ordered every one of them a soap bottle that they can put soap in. You know why? Because CDC, the President of the United States, your pastor, everybody's saying, wash. My grandson, I, you're like my grandson. It's wash. I know, but it's wash for me, okay? That's what my grandson says. Wash your hands. Wash your, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. You know what I do? I, I read an article said, when you wash your hands, how do you know how long to wash? That's so hard. Your hands. And somebody's saying, happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Why are they going to put you in the hospital if they hear you singing that? <laughs> you know what I do? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Do you know what? Every time I start to pray it, I can't remember it. I, you know what I do? I'm going to get some more soap. And I ain't leaving devil until it comes back again. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. 
Thy will be done. I'm not just trying to be funny. I really ain't. And I want, now you may write me off, say this is the looniest overseer we ever had. But can I tell you something? The enemy wants you to be robbed of the fact that it all starts with knowing who God is. Our Father! Hallowed be thy name! Oh, thy kingdom come. Let me tell you something. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but his word will not pass away. Can I tell you something? Sometimes I'll go wash, wash my hands. Amen? Because a meeting I just came out of was not a me good meeting. It was full of the little s. Where are you going? Go in the restroom? Think what you want. I'm going to wash my hands. And remember that my Father, that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. When the enemy, I got to close this thing. Oh, my God. Okay, I'm, I'm out of time. How many of you get the message? Come on, come on. Hey. God healed her miraculously. Glory to God. You know what hap- else happened? I got a daughter to come down with an illness. They had x-rays. X-rays to prove. What, four, three Wednesdays, uh, three Mondays ago, I went to Tennessee to go to the Cancer Institute with her, didn't we? And she come out. She's smiling. She said, Daddy, let me tell you what. The lady got in there and put the x-rays up. There was what they said the growth was. And they, she said, which one? What? They asked her a hundred questions. Amen. And they asked her again. So they went to x-ray in the rest of her body trying to find something so they could prove there had to be something there. Can I tell you something? God will remove what was there yesterday when we allow him to work in us. Can I tell you something? I've got some relatives that have went through hard times. I lost a brother, but I wished I had two hours to preach about him. But can I tell you something? No matter what it is, don't you forget what the enemy means for your harm. God will turn around to your good. Can I tell you something else? Oh, I just got to throw this one in. Hey, play a piano and I'll either stop or I'll sing. Amen? (laughs) Hear me. We hear all these preachers talk about the tongue. Right? You hear when they preach out? Uh, James, I was putting a pastor into a church, so I went while he preached to the church. And when he read his text, I looked at her. Oh my gosh, he's going to preach about the tongue when you're trying to get the people to make you their pastor now we always talk about what the tongue shouldn't say he talked about what the tongue should say I feel the Holy Ghost sometimes in your darkest moments let the sun shine in let the sun S-O-N shine in look at something good to say tell that nurse about God If you're visiting your loved one at the jail where it's so gloomy and your hearts are breaking, look for somebody to tell them, I'm making it because of God's grace. And he's going to make it because of God's grace. When you think you don't know enough Bible to tell somebody about Jesus, 
then tell him what, then don't. You tell him what he's done for you. You hear me? You see, the enemy been beating you up all week long. He's been trying to bridle your tongue from the work that your salvation has begun in you. The enemy is trying to keep you from being in the house of God to where the gift can be stirred up. Can I tell you, this is God's finest hour. Amen. Are you fearful for the little children? You know what God spoke to me about the children, Pastor? Hey, if I saw you and knit you together for a time such as this, I have knit the children and the babies together for a time such as this. He will, all you got to do is teach them what you know to teach them in this time. Would you stand across the house? In Jesus' name, hallelujah. We are saved by grace through faith. Why? Everybody saved for good works. For good works. God's, good work, God's got good work for you to do this week. God's got good work for you to do. I used to get migraine headaches so bad that I would cry all night before I went in and preached on Sunday mornings. And people miss church for a toothache or a, just because they need rest. And you know what? You know how I got rid of my headaches? I made me a list of every preacher that was over me or pastor, and I'd pray for men and women of God of influence every time I start getting bad headaches. Why? I don't know if it's, I don't know, but it, it works. Every head is bowed and eyes shut. Is there any 